You're listening to sermons from Redeemer Church in Round Rock, Texas. Redeemer is a gospel-centered, missional family learning and living the way of Jesus in the suburbs of Austin. Amen, amen. Well, good morning, everybody. You may be seated. Morning. Yeah, it's good to see you. Welcome to Redeemer. If you're a guest with us this morning, I want to welcome you. My name is Jordan Elder. The privilege of serving as one of our pastors here at Redeemer, and we are so glad that you are here. Um, you know, one of the things I love about gathering with God's people is that it, it doesn't really matter how you come in. Um, it's about the grace of God that is here available to all of us, and His grace is sustaining. It's multifaceted. I, I came in this morning um, a little bit jet lagged. <laughs> My wife and I have been out of the country. We had an amazing opportunity to. Uh, I got the opportunity to study at Oxford. How cool does that sound? Does that sound cool? Yeah. Um, I got to. St- I'm not a student at Oxford. I'm not smart enough for that. You know that. I don't need to tell you that. I'm a student at Wheaton College. Uh, getting a master's in ministry leadership with a cohort of other pastors from across the country. And our cohort got invited to come out and take a class in Oxford uh, at Wycliffe Hall there. And it was an amazing, amazing experience. And we're so grateful and blessed and thankful for this church to uh, give us that opportunity to continue to learn and grow and be equipped to lead in ministry. But we got back this weekend and came in this morning. I was wide awake at four o'clock this morning. I was ready to preach. And then 9.45 hit, and I was ready for lunch. And then 10.15 hit, and now I'm ready for a nap. So uh, I'm going to pray and um, and ask God to help me and ask God to help you that no matter how you came in here this morning, that you would be met with his grace and his mercy and the, the good news of his gospel. Let's pray together. God, we do ask that you would help us this morning as we go to your word, that you would be our teacher in every way, that you would teach us, you would correct us, you would comfort us, that you would use your word this morning to conform us more and more into your image for the person that's here this morning that maybe doesn't know you or hasn't surrendered their allegiance to you, Jesus, that your word would be clear and would be true and that your wisdom would be beautiful. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, we're continuing in a short sermon series that we're spending five weeks in the Proverbs, and we're looking for God's wisdom. The series is titled The Way of Wisdom, God's Wisdom for the Most Important Areas of Our Life. And a few weeks ago, Pastor Josh kicked us off, and we started with the question of what is wisdom? What is it, and where do we get it? I mean, we live in a world where there's so much information, so much connectivity, but do we have Wisdom. There's a difference between wisdom and information. And so Pastor Josh reminded us that the, the, the Proverbs remind us that, um, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom comes when we look up to God. And we looked at wisdom for our work. How is it that we work as God's people who work for God's glory, unto God's glory, in a way that leads to flourishing? And then last week, Pastor Rick walked us through wisdom for parenting. And today we're going to talk about the way of wisdom for friendship. The way of wisdom for friendship. I love C.S. Lewis talks about friendship. He says, friendship is simple. It starts with a you too moment. And kids in the room, I remember when my kids were little, we would take them to the park and you would see this on display, right? A kid would go play in the sandbox and there'd be another kid in the sandbox. And it was like, you like to play in the sandbox? Me too. We're, we're friends. Let's play together in the sandbox. And then this grows, right, over, 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 our time, over time and over life, and we experience friendship in many, many different ways, where we had this you too moment. You're into Marvel movies? Me too. Let's be friends. You served our country uh, in the military? So did I. Let's be friends. You have kids that are the same age? You like mountain biking? 
Me too. Let's be friends. And friendship starts, and it's simple, but what we're going to see today is that friendship has the ability to be cultivated into something that is deep and durable and a beautiful gift of grace that God gives us. C.S. Lewis, in his book, The Four Loves, he examines different, uh, the, he, different types of human bonds in this book, and, and, and he says one of those is friendship. Friendship. He says, friendship is the rarest, least jealous, most profound relationship that human beings can have. Read that again. He says, it's the rarest, least jealous, and most profound relationship that human beings can have. He goes on and Lewis says, friendship is not a necessity to survival. Some of you maybe have that mentality of like, I don't really need friends. And in some ways that's true. Friendship is not a necessity, Lewis says. He says, rather, it's one of those things that gives value to our survival. In other words, what is Lewis saying? He's saying friendship is a wonderful gift of grace that God gives that we can receive through Christ. And I hope that you've experienced that. I hope that there have been times in your life, maybe some of you even now, you are experiencing the deep gift of grace of human friendship. But I also suspect that if you've lived much life, you've also experienced the hardship of friendships. Friendships are difficult. They can go wrong. They can change. People can move. People can, uh, friendships can become disrupted. We can get busy in life and we can neglect friendships. I want you to know that I've been here. This is uh, one of those sermons that sometimes God invites you to preach a text out of strength and maturity in your life. And then sometimes you preach a sermon out of weakness in your life. And this is one for me. I, I've kind of fallen into that trap where I can get busy and get preoccupied with other things and I can neglect to cultivate friendship. We'll talk more about that in a moment. In our digital world that we live in, friendships can be diluted, right? I mean, we've turned friendships into likes and follows. Friendship, as God intended it and as God gifts it, has been diluted in this digital age that we live in. One author put it this way. She said, as a society, we are more connected to one another than ever before, yet we are lonelier than we've ever been. That's friendship in the digital age, diluting this gift that God has given of human relationship down to likes and follows. In fact, prior to the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, our, our government health officials in 2018 actually declared an epidemic in our society. It was the epidemic of loneliness. And that's what they were prepared to kind of go to work on, is this epidemic of loneliness in a digital age. Little did we know that there was a global pandemic coming. Um, and they had to, you know, put, put that aside. But it's real. It's, the digital age has disrupted friendship. And so here's where I want to start. I want to go to the Bible. How does the Bible define friendship? Let's start there. Ray Ortland says that the heart of God expressed in the scriptures is friendship reaching out. This is what we learn from the Bible, that the heart of God, the God of the Bible, his very heart is friendship reaching out. And we see this from the very beginning of the Bible. In creation, God reaches out, extending friendship to human beings. The creation account tells us that God comes and walks with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. It's this beautiful poetic picture of human beings being known by God, fully known, and them, and them fully knowing God and friendship. 
Even after the fall of man, sin enters into the world, and sin certainly has consequences. God certainly takes sin seriously. But even after the fall of man, we see the heart of God reaching out in friendship. He makes a covenant with Abram. He promises to redeem. And we see this most clearly in the gospel of Jesus Christ. God reaching out to save sinners. The heart of God is friendship reaching out. So it is from God that we understand friendship, and it is from his word that we define friendship. The Proverbs are going to show us three characteristics of true friendships. And that's the way the Proverbs work. You've noticed this so far in this sermon series, or if you've read the Proverbs, that's the way that Proverbs kind of works, is that there's this path of foolishness, this path of folly that leads to destruction, and then there's this way of wisdom that leads to flourishing. And so the Proverbs are going to say there are, there's a way to be a phony friend. The way of the world calls us to shallow, phony friendship. The way of wisdom calls us to deep, flourishing, true friendship. And so we're going to see three things today if you're taking notes. Number one, true friends tell the truth. Number two, true friends care for us. And number three, true friendship grows deep and durable over time. Three things. Number one, true friends tell the truth. Turn with me to Proverbs 27. Proverbs chapter 27. We're going to look at a few wisdom sayings in Proverbs 27 about friendship. And the first comes in uh, Proverbs 27 verses 5 through 6. Listen to the wisdom of God. Verse 5, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Read that again. This is the way the Proverbs are designed to work, to kind of give you pause, make you reflect. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Verse 6, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. The wisdom of the Proverbs are telling us that true friends tell the truth, and they tell the truth because they love. The scriptures are telling us that this is the kind of friend that we all desperately need. We need true friends that love us enough to tell us the truth. Why? Why? Well, if you read a few verses before this, in verses 1 through 4, what we see is that this wise sage is reminding us that we are all prone to deceit. It's what Jeremiah 29, 17 tells us, that the heart is deceitful above all else and desperately sick. He says, who can understand it? And the wise sage in the Proverbs in verses 1 through 4 is reminding us of this, is that, in other words, as human beings, it's our, it's our nature. We all have a master's degree in self-deception. Have you ever been to like a county fair and you go in the little fun house? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I loved these as a kid. Our friends and I, we would go into the fun house and we'd run around and there's the different fun house mirrors. There's some that make you kind of look short and squatty, some that make you look tall and skinny, some that make you look wavy. What the, what the scriptures teach us about our human nature is that our self-perception at best is like a funhouse mirror. And so we need friends. That's what he's saying. We need true friends who will tell us the truth, that you need someone in your life who loves you so much that they will tell you something that might hurt. This is the characteristic of biblical Friendship. It might go something like this. Hey, Jordan, I know that you think you need another pair of Nike sneakers, but you already have 10. Don't waste your money. And they're all gray. They all look the same. 
I need friends. I need real friends in my life that will tell me the truth. Or more seriously, it might sound something like this. Hey, Jordan, I noticed that you were taking your kid's baseball game a little too seriously the other day. And uh, I just, man, I, I know the kind of dad you want to be. So you don't, you don't want to be a dad that puts that much pressure on your kid. I know that's not who you want to be. He's only eight. I need friends. You need friends. Or maybe something like this. Hey, brother, I love you. And so I want to tell you something about how you made me feel in that meeting the other day. You made me feel like you weren't listening. And I know that you really do care about me. But in the moment, you weren't hearing me. I need friends. You need friends. You need friends that will love you enough to tell you the truth about your life. See, these are the things in my life that I can't see. And you have things in your life that you can't see. We all have a master's degree in self-deception. We are all sinners being redeemed by the grace of God. Some of you are prone to pride. Some of you are prone to greed. Some of you are prone to gluttony. Some of you have broken patterns of behavior gripped by deep sense of shame and fear. Whatever it might be for you, you need friends. That's what the wisdom of the scriptures are telling you. Friends that will tell you the truth, that love you so much that they might even wound your ego in a moment. This is true friendship. People who will tell you not just any truth, but God's truth. God's truth about who you are. God's truth about his love for you and God's truth about what is true for you in Jesus. Now, I just want to acknowledge right off the bat <laughs> that this is drastically different than the way that our culture thinks about friendship, isn't it? There is this mantra in our culture that says, true friends don't ever judge. In fact, I was listening to a lecture this week and they were talking about Generation Z and the whole class that I was in this week was about how to engage in merging generations with the gospel and was talking about Gen Z that as actually, we often think kind of tolerance is the banner over our day and, and the professor was making the case that all of the data and all of the research on Gen Z says that it's actually not tolerance, it's affirmation. You must affirm me. True friends never judge, true friends only affirm do you see how different the biblical wisdom is that says true friends tell the truth because they love you versus the foolishness of our world that says true friends never tell the truth. The, the scriptures are saying better is open rebuke than hidden love. To hold back the truth from our friends is to hate our friends. It's to, it's to be an enemy of our friends. You see, the Proverbs are showing us that true friends love so deeply, so sincerely, so faithfully that they tell the truth. Do you have friends like this in your life? Do you have friends who know you well enough that they will challenge you? Friends that love you enough that they will correct you? Friends that trust you enough that they will sit you down when you go sideways in your life? The biblical wisdom here tells us to pursue these kinds of friends. It tells us to cultivate these kinds of friends. It tells us to be these kinds of friends. True friends tell the truth because they love too much not to. Second characteristic of a true friend that we see in the Proverbs comes from Proverbs 27, verse 9. Look there, 27, verse 9. We see that true friends care. True friends, they speak encouragement and they speak wisdom. Verse 9, oil and perfume make the heart glad, and the sweetness of a friend 
comes from his earnest counsel. Verse 9 gives us an analogy of friendship. As, as the sweet smell of perfume is a delight to the senses. You know, you walk into a house and the, the essential oils are going. You're like, ah, this makes my heart happy. Maybe that's you. I know there's been a lot of sickness going around, and so we, we've, we've been having the essential oils going uh, in our home. He, the analogy here is that as the sweet smell, the sweet aroma in, in, enlightens the heart, lifts up the heart, so does wisdom and counsel from a friend. True friends, in other words, they don't just go around pointing out all of our blind spots, telling us the truth. They certainly do that, but they also offer us encouragement and care. This means that a true, that a, a true friend is someone who notices. If we're going to be a true friend, it means that we care when people are down. It means that we, we, we want to offer a word of encouragement, a word of wisdom, a word of prayer for someone who's struggling. I experienced the truth of this proverb a few weeks ago of how uh, encouragement and care, counsel from a friend can just lift up the soul. Uh, we were in our gospel community and uh, our gospel community meets on Thursday nights and and uh, Thursdays can be long days for me. And so I come home and we were hosting and I was preparing to lead discussion. And uh, there's a person in my, in, in, in my gospel community that's becoming a true friend in my life. And, uh, and I was out on the back patio and, and he comes back and he says, hey man, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Why? He's like, I don't know. You just seem a little off tonight. You just seem a little, little tired, a little off. Are you okay? And it caused me to stop. And I went, hmm, you know what? It's been a hard day. Thanks for asking. And he said, well, man, I care about you and I'm grateful for you. Can I pray for you? <laughs> it's like the sweet aroma. A true friend cares. A true friend stops. A true friend enters in. A true friend counsels and prays. See, this is what C.S. Lewis is talking about when he says that uh, friendship is the rarest, the least jealous form of bonds, that it goes beyond general niceties, it goes beyond even spiritual connections that we might have broadly in the church as brothers and sisters. True friendship goes even beyond that. It serves and it extends. Do you have friends like this? Have you opened your life up to friends like this? Are you looking for friends like this? Are you this kind of friend? Or are we too busy? Are we too self-occupied? Are we too self-sufficient to receive the grace of biblical friendship? True friends tell the truth, the scriptures say. True friends care, and they give counsel and encouragement. And then flip over with me to Proverbs 18, verse 24. We're going to see one more characteristic of true biblical friendship. Proverbs 18, 24. We're going to see that true friendships grow over time in depth and durability. Proverbs 18, 24. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Uh, Eugene Peterson in the message, he translates this verse this way. He says, friends come and go, but true friends stick by you. There's a contrast here. The wisdom here is that it's better to go deep with a few than to go wide with many over a lifetime. I think this is a word that we really need. I think this is a challenge for a lot of us. Another way to say it is be careful that you don't live your whole life sp splashing around in the shallow end of friendship with a bunch of people rather than going deep with a few. 
going deep with none of them. This is actually really common in our day and age. It's, it's really difficult in our day and age to cultivate deep, sticky, lifelong friendships and stick with them. But the scriptures are telling us that it's a grace, that it's a gift, that we ought to pursue and that we ought to receive. Deep, durable, lifelong friendships. Why is this hard in our day and age? I want to share some statistics with you. Um, statistics show that, um, that we are trending in the wrong direction when it comes to friendship in America. Uh, the American Sociology Review has been doing research on friendship in America since 1985. And one of the th- questions that they ask and one of the things that they look for is they ask this question, do you have a friend in your life that you can truly confide in? I want you to think about that actually on a personal level. Do you have a friend in your life that you can truly confide in? In 1985, the research showed that on average, the average American would say that they had three friends that they could truly confide in. By 19, uh, let's see, by uh, 2005, the number was down from three to two. In 2015, the number was down to 0.8, less than one. People would say, I don't have a whole friend. I have one-eighth of a friend (laughs) that I can truly confide in. Do we have deep, meaningful relationships? I want you to think about why this might be the case. You know, in our day and age, we move around a lot. We are more transient than ever. Career, uh, maybe uh, career uh, family demands can cause us to continually uproot, maybe discontentment. Other idols can cause us to continually uproot from friendship. But the scriptures are saying that the way of wisdom is to go against this. It's actually to stick and to stay and to cultivate deep, meaningful friendships. Friendships where people can care for us. Friendships where people can tell us the truth. And so let me just summarize what the Proverbs are showing us about true friendship. What is the Bible telling us? It's telling us that the wise, if you want to walk the path of wisdom, the way of flourishing, if you want to live in God's design, that you would seek out and you would seek to be true friends. We would care, we would tell the truth, and that we would stick and we would stay in friendship over time. If you don't have friends like this, I want to encourage you to begin to cultivate it. Remember, The the scriptures tell us that friendship is a gift of grace from God. Grace is something we receive. Receive it. Cultivate it. Maybe it looks like giving somebody permission, one person permission. Maybe someone in your gospel community, if you're a part of a gospel community, that you would just give them permission to be this kind of friend for you. It, It would maybe look like you committing to being this kind of friend that would love enough and that would care enough to be this kind of friend to someone else. If you're not involved in the gospel community, I want to encourage you to get involved. That's a space and a place where, yes, we can be in community more broadly, but also within that community, we can cultivate deep, meaningful, durable gospel friendships. And so if you're not in a gospel community, we would love to help you with that this week. I I, I suspect that there are probably some of you who are listening to this and you're like, people are coming to mind. Like, you have friends like this. You're not the statistic. You actually defy the statistics, and you have friends like this. You have friends that tell you the truth, friends that care for you, friends that stick with you and have stayed with you, and you have done that for them. If that's you, I want to just encourage you, don't take that for granted. Recognize what a sweet gift of grace from God those kinds of friendships are, and sow into them. 
right? In the same way that a marriage needs uh, at times for kind of commitments to be renewed. I've heard people say that every seven years you should renew your vows, that people change and even in marriage, and you need to renew that commitment to marriage. I think the same thing is true in friendship. And so maybe for you, if you have friends like that, recommit to those friends and even just say this week, hey, I'm grateful to God for your friendship in my life, and I need your friendship in my life more and more. I don't want this uh, friendship to get diluted or disrupted. Friendship is a gift. It's a sweet grace from God. At the beginning of the sermon, I told you that this was a message that I need personally. Um, over, the, over the years, I've really struggled with friendship. Uh, that might be a surprise to some of you. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe not. I, I, I don't know, maybe not. You're like, eh, you're not a very friendly guy. Um, uh, I've struggled with friendship over the years. I really have. Um, uh, those statistics that I shared with you earlier, at times, that's been true of my life, where I've sat and I've gone, I don't know if I have anyone in my life that I could truly go to right now. Um, and you might go, hey, that's not true. You have like other elders here. There's staff members here. You're like, I'm your friend, man. <laughs> so some of you are thinking that. And it's, it's really been less about the people around me and it's been more about me. It's been more about my own heart. That, that though I've lived immersed in community with other people, I've kind of stayed in the shallow end of the friendship pool at times. Uh, though I've been in community with lots of people, Sammy and I have been leading gospel communities for 10 years here. We've multiplied our group six, seven, eight times, which is important, but it's also kind of been a way for me to kind of stay, you know, oh, new relationships, okay, oh, new people, new relationships, and at times it's come with a cost. It's easy for me and my personality to hold back from other people, to seek to help others, but not to let other people help me. It's easy for me to get busy and not prioritize friendship in my life. I've, uh, it, it, I've spent a lot of my years and a lot of my time making all of my relationships about utility. In other words, every relationship kind of has a purpose. It, it needs to serve some utility, some purpose, rather than just about enjoying the sweet delight of friendship. And the reason that I tell you all of this is because I suspect that I might not be alone. I suspect that there's some of you that that resonates with. I suspect that I'm probably not the anomaly in the room when it comes to friendship. That's why we need the wisdom of the scriptures. What I want you to hear from the scriptures is that God is inviting us to receive the grace of true friendships. Hear me. God wants you to enjoy friendship in this life. That sounds really simple, doesn't it? But it's, it, it, we need to hear it. God wants you to enjoy the sweet grace of friendship in this life. Why? Here's why. Because true biblical friendship teaches us the gospel. Fr true biblical friendship is a gospel reality. What do I mean? When we allow our real selves to be known in friendship, when we, uh, when we remember that we don't have to pretend or perform or use friendship to accomplish some purpose, but we allow our real selves to be known in friendship. We are reminded of how God knows us and how God loves us. As we make the commitment to go deeper with friends, as we get out of the shallow end and go deeper with people, we learn about God's committed, deep love for us in Christ. You see, friendship is a gospel reality. It's a gospel reminder. It's a gospel pointer in John chapter 15, Jesus says to his disciples, he says this to them before he goes to the cross to deal with 
sin and to cover our shame. He says in John 15, verse 13, he says, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. He says to his disciples, you are my friends. And this is the good news of the gospel, that in the person and work of Jesus Christ, friendship with God is extended to you. If you have trusted in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, God calls you his friend. He loves you. He wants to be with you. He cares deeply about you. What a friend we have in Jesus, as the old hymn goes. Jesus, our friend who challenges us, who convicts us because he loves us. Jesus, our friend who forgives us of every sin. Jesus, our friend who sticks closer to us than a brother. Jesus, your friend who cares about you. He cares about your struggles. He cares about your future. He thinks about you. He understands you. He loves you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. You have been gifted by grace, eternal friendship with God through Christ Jesus. What a gift. What a gift. And he says, as an abundance of my grace given to you, enjoy friendship with one another. Tell the truth and challenge one another. Care for and love one another with the love of Christ. Go deep lifelong, long-term, and as you enjoy and experience and taste the grace of gospel friendship, would you know and delight in all the more the reality of the gospel in your life? What an abundant gift of grace God has given us, experiencing friendship in Christ and with one another. And so here's the simple exhortation from the Proverbs. Let's be about friendship, gospel friendship in this church. Let's cultivate gospel friendship. Let's renew our commitment to gospel friendship. Let me pray and ask God to help us. God, we thank you for the gift of friendship and the reminder that it is to us of the good news of the gospel, that you have made sinners your friends and that you love us deeply and you're committed to us, and you'll never leave us nor forsake us, that you challenge us and correct us, that you teach us and guide us in truth, that you encourage us and care for us. Oh, Father, would you help us? Grant us the wisdom and the grace to be these kinds of friends. Grant us the wisdom and the grace to enjoy and to open ourselves up to enjoy deep and true, transparent friendships with others. Help us, Lord, to be tools in your hand, conduits of your love and of your wisdom and of your truth and of your grace to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Would you move in our hearts and help us to seek and cultivate gospel friendships to the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you are looking for info, find our website at RedeemerRR.org or download the Redeemer Round Rock app from the Android or iOS app store.